Yo, what up guys, it's your main man Richie Rich, aka the man of steel And welcome back to my life That I live one step, one rep at a time Let's get to it shall we Good morning guys, it's your main man Richie Rich aka The Man of Steel, it's 23rd of December and it's 9.06 in the morning in the UK. Before we get started, just a few things I want to say. Um, number one, big shout out to all my listeners that have been listening lately, thank you very very much. I know I'm not always active on here but when I do make um, some segments I do get like so many positive responses in my inbox uh, both my personal inbox and social media so i really want to say thank you um i received a really 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 nice message actually yesterday um talking about how genuine i am and how pure that they felt that i was based on listening to my segments and it was a really really nice thing to be told so just want to say thank you for your positive comments and your positive feedback um i also welcome criticism too so you know haters you stay at bay but people who want to hear stuff or hear my view on specific topics or offering any form of i don't know feedback on a you know even regards to criticism about the way i do my thing you know, I'll listen, and anything that I find useful, I will take on board. So I want to say a big thank you, anyway, for that. So you're, just so you know, this segment I'm about to do, it's going to be a bit different. Maybe some of you who've been listening to me a long time, you might, you know, recognise it familiar. Uh, for those of you who've not really listened to me for a while and you're new, you know, I'm going to not expose but give you some highlights to my journey so far. Uh, For some of you guys, it'll be a flashback. Uh, For some of you guys, it'll be a realisation, like I don't even have a clue. And for you new people, it's, you know, it's 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 a piece of me. Might shock some of you, might put most of you off, might bring, you know, a few of you closer. I don't normally like to expose or put myself out there that much, make myself look vulnerable, but it's a new thing that I'm learning this year, whether I wanted to or not. So please be advised the next few minutes or the next hour or however long it takes for me to get what I want to say out, it's going to be raw, um, undiluted. Uh, not censored it's just going to be pure it's authentic it's it's who I am so stay tuned hey hey guys what up um, 
excuse my voice this morning. I've been awake for... I think I've been awake since about six. Just thinking, pondering to myself. So if I sound super deep, it's literally my... I've just woke up voice. As the day goes on, it will... Or probably as the talk goes on, it will start to mellow out. But in the meantime, you're going to have to deal with this whole Mufasa... Lion King type bass in my voice as long as my message comes out clear enough though that's all that matters anyway so um, moving forward so Richie Rich aka the man of steel <clears throat> how was the man of steel born I guess that's the question right or who am I what am I? How am I? Or why am I the way that I am? Well, um, I guess why am I the way that I am is from when I was a teenager. I've always been um soft. Yeah, soft. Um, quiet, shy, timid. Uh, a yes man. People always found it quite surprising now as I'm older me being a yes man but I'll take you on the journey of how how I've gone from who I was to how I am and some struggles that I still face I'm not afraid to have this conversation some reason things I believe things happen to people at specific times in their life for a reason and there's a lot of things I've been struggling with and one of the biggest things that I've always struggled with from being young is just saying how I feel or saying what I want. You know? Um, <clears throat> standing up for myself or standing up for how I feel. And... Anyway, I digress. So from when I was very, very young, I've always been quiet and timid. Like, I wouldn't talk if I wanted to eat. Um, if somebody gave me something that I didn't like, I wouldn't say I don't like it. I would just accept it because, you know, they clearly thought that this would be useful to me. So, because I, I can't see it, see just think the way that they think, it'd be rude for me to not accept it. You know, I come from a very strict background, so, you know, you, you use your please and your thank yous and you accept what you're given. You don't argue back, you don't talk back, you um, you just <clears throat> you do as you're told. Whether it's, you think it's the right decision or not. And this is the thing, <clears throat> when I was growing up, when I was younger, I do as exactly as I was told. Forget about whether I thought it was the right thing or not. So I've come from a strict family, so my, you know, my dad was very, very strict, and we'd get an ass whooping if things weren't done a specific way. So I'm very, very good at taking instructions. At the same time, being a firstborn from a large family, um, I took it upon myself. I've always, I've always been raised that the firstborn is the is a role model, so everything that I do. The young, the young ones are gonna follow, you know. So lead by example. <clears throat> so I've always tried to be a straight arrow, 
that's the term I always call it, a straight arrow. And I used to take a lot of ass whoopings for my siblings because I wouldn't want them to get their ass beat as, you know, because they, they, my brothers are very, very, they do their own thing. You know, they're not afraid to do their own thing. But sometimes when you're young and you're doing your own thing and it's outside the process, you get your ass whooped. So I used to take a lot of ass beatings for them. But I was glad to do that because they're my brothers and I love them. And I'd do it again. And I know they do the same thing for me. But at the same time, as old as I am, they still tell me, like, dude, just, just say no if you don't want it. Say no if you want it. Say you want it. So then, growing up from that era, um, I guess I was just very, very scared and hesitant to want to do certain things. And um, I'd never really apply myself 100% to something because I'd always be afraid of the outcome that I have no idea what's going to go on anyway. So because of that, I was limited by potential. And, you know, my parents would always tell me, based, I guess they're based on what they thought. You know, I'm not that bright. You know, you're not that smart. Um, you have to, you know, work too hard. You have to work harder. Keep working harder. You have to work harder. You could be so good if you apply yourself. I think nobody really taught me how to apply myself. They just said, if you apply yourself, you've got so much potential, if only you applied yourself. And I never really understood what that meant. In fact, even now, I don't understand what that means. And I'm 35, and I don't understand what that means. But you know, the words stick in your head, especially from the people who brought you into this world. And their job is to mold you, get you ready for quote-unquote, the big bad world. So, um, those thoughts stuck in my head, you're not that good enough, you know you're not that bright, you're not that good enough, you know that you're not that bright. And growing up through schools, you know, I was a chubby kid. I was intelligent, but I was a chubby kid. So, you know, you get bullied for being a fat kid. You don't look great, look at you, you're this, you're that. Uh, you smell, blah, blah, blah. So, um added to other things because it leads back to you're not good enough you're not that bright you don't look good enough either you're this you're that but fortunately I was always surrounded back in high school by cool people like my best friend was one of the most popular people in school asked me how I have no idea how I managed to make friends with that person but we became really really good friends up to you know college and we still talk now and anytime I go home to London to visit them you know visit and I drop them a message you know, we, we catch up and we laugh about the old days. Um, but yeah, I was bullied. You know, um, I always wanted to be the cool kid, but I wasn't cool enough. So I was always the good guy, the trusted friend, the person who was um, they could pour their deepest, darkest secrets into and know that it won't go anywhere. So I guess I developed the friend zone, you can call it. I guess I created the friend zone way before it was titled the friend zone because I had, I had thousands I have a very very large database of good looking friends that I didn't really want them to be my friend that I wanted more from but because of how I was or who I am you know I created the friend zone from such a young age so being bullied not feeling like I was good enough to be anything more than just a good friend um, and being a fat kid and 
you know, coming from a strict background where I felt like I couldn't express thoughts and feelings because my job was to be the firstborn and my job was to handle the pressure. And, you know, being from my heritage, they don't believe in things such as depression and anxiety. You're just told to handle your business. So, you know, from a young age, I just thought, keep in handle your business, listen to everybody else, because they'll tell you because they trust you. Advise them and go about your business. So anyway, I get moments in my life where I feel like I can't have, I've had enough of this shit and it's time to switch things up. So um, there was a period I'd got into a fight in high school and I actually got into a fight because I was nice. You know, I was being a good person, not because I'd done anything horrible, but because I'd been a good person. And um, I got into this fight and believe it or not, they took the other person's side rather than my side. And I was like, but I've done nothing wrong. So after that day, I, you know, I had my first moment of, fuck it. Like, I'm, I'm nothing but nice, understanding, patient. I get bullied, I take it. I get this, I take it. I'm at home, I take it. I've had enough. So I decided to go for a change. And um, I remember... Because for P, we used to um, have to go outside and play football or something. And because I was a big kid, I won't get picked first. And if I get picked, they'll get I'll get told to go in goal because I'm a you know I'm a fat kid. So just stand there and let the ball go past, or just go in defence and just stand there and block people from coming into you because you're a big kid. So um, I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to do something that benefited my size and made me feel like I was in control. So I started lifting weights for the first time. And I remember I used to go into the um, gym, uh, into sports hall slash assembly hall. And at the very, very back, there was a mini gym with like basic machines in there. So that's where I picked up my first dumbbell and I did my first, you know, leg press and chest press. And um, for the first time I felt in control because it was something that I could do and I said I wanted to do it and it was still PE so I did it I did it on my own for a good one month before people started to follow me and want to do it with me it started with one person then two people then three people and that's where I fell in love with the gym not because of muscles that I was going to develop no but because um, it was something that I could do and I could escape from being teased and being laughed at and I was in control. So I did it and I carried on doing it for, from year 10, I think it was, all the way up to year 11. Now, at some point in my life, I felt like I wanted... So, well, I've always felt like I wanted one specific person to be in my life and have my back. Um, my own, my very own Lois Lane, you can call it. So, I remember trying to be confident and brave and going to ask out one of the prettiest girls in 
year 11 at the time and she just laughed in my face and was just like you why uh, kids are mean but they're kids right laugh in my face and it you know it destroyed my confidence completely and you know it just felt like maybe what your family's saying is right like stop trying to be more than what they say you are because look at what's happening to you to prove it and you know I felt like shit and I was embarrassed so you know how it is it run around your, it'll, it goes around the school until something brand new comes along or until somebody new embarrasses themselves so you know I was a joke for quite some time and I just used laughter and jokes and being a clown as a healing and defense mechanism and I became a joker a really good guy which my I form tutor named me nicknamed me the good guy but um, I just tell jokes and laugh and just be a, a donut to the point that he noticed and he'd tell me you're so much more than this why are you allowing yourself to be put down so much and I used to always respond because that it is what it is because that's what everybody thinks of me so it must be true and it's so much easier down here because then no one can tease me if I'm already teasing myself and yeah it hurt because I mean I still remember up till now so yeah it hurt a lot and I think sometimes my best friend would see it and get upset and try to defend me and look out for me and I was like no I don't want to do that because I already have enough people taking a piss at me for a few other things I don't need to be now that guy who my best friend is always looking after me like I've got enough reasons to be laughed at I don't need any more but I do remember this one thing that I did when I really you know had enough and I didn't like myself anymore and I didn't like the way I looked so before we got to college I remember praying because I'm from a really religious background you know my parents are seniors in the church we did a lot of things in the church, you know, I did a lot of church-like activities. I was in the choir as well, as so where I learned to sing. And my love for musical instruments. So, um, I remember praying one night. I've said this story to a few people. People I really, really, really trust. So I remember praying one night and I said, Dear God, please make me the most famous person when I get to college and moving forward like I want to be so popular that anybody and everybody knows me I want to be popular with the ladies I may not have the looks and I may not have the money or I may not drive or have the, the nice clothes but I want it to be something about me that is so different that people just want to know me and whatever I want to do I just want to be great at it and I, I don't want to be like everybody else I want to be weird and different to everybody else but I want to be that person that somebody looks at and goes, there's something about him. And that was my prayer. And I prayed it non-stop for about a good three, four weeks. Like it was the only thing that I went to sleep and woke up about. And it's funny because that mentality I still carry to today. If there's somebody that I'm into, I will mention that person's name over and over every night, every morning to make sure that that person notices me. So I guess I, I was already um, an avid user of the law of attraction before I knew what it was called.
So that's what I did in high school, in, um, before I got into college. Now we're going to fast forward into my college days in just a moment. Um, so, take a short break. Hey guys, welcome back. So, um, college days were cray cray. Me and the boys used to hang around, do a lot of madness, and just catch bear jokes. It's the place where I learned to dance. I found my passion for street dancing. I found my passion for singing. I went against the grain and did exactly the opposite of what my pops wanted me to do. Um, my my love and my journey for computing and IT grew, and then my love and passion for the weights grew. Basketball and women. College is where I got my first heartbreak. See, I've always struggled with being a nice guy, being a good guy, being a bad guy. I am capable of all three. Um, college, I started off as a nice guy. Not a good guy, a nice guy. I found my first love, one of the hottest chicks in college, one of the hottest. I've always been lucky. Even though I know me by saying lucky, if a specific person is listening to this podcast, she's gonna message me and say, "There's no such thing as luck. You don't, you know, you don't get lucky. You make it happen yourself." But let's just say now, I always got lucky. If I met somebody, or if I got into a, a situation, it always either be the worst situation, which is I guess unlucky. It'd either be the best looking person, which I find lucky, or it'd be one of the best opportunities ever which again, I find lucky. So, me forgetting about this request that I made out to the universe, I met somebody, who, or should I say somebody, came my way. And um, one of the hottest people ever. I didn't know that this would be the same person who would give birth to the bad side or the darkness that I had within me. Or should I say, be the reason why my darkness would surface you know, and she was what I considered the love of my life at the time. There wasn't really much I wouldn't do for this person. Like, I turned my back on my friends for this person. I'd, you know, starve myself to make sure she could eat. I just wanted her to have things so she didn't feel like her friends had more things than she did. But, you know, just because I didn't, I didn't fit society's norm, driving and you know, staying out till late because obviously I've come from a strict background. So my family like curfew's curfew. I don't give a shit if you've got a girlfriend. She ain't more important than curfew. She ain't more important than studies. She ain't more important than this. <clears throat> but you know, she was considered the love of my life. I remember Christmas. I saved up because my mum used to give us like five pound dinner money every day. You know, so I'd walk, I'd walk to uh, college from where I lived, which was a good hour and a half at the time. So I'd walk to college, so I'd save that fiver. And uh, I'd, you know, split it and buy her lunch because we'd go outside. And she'd go hang with her friends. She'd never really hung with me unless we were in college. But if we were outside college, she'd hung with her girls more. And I hung with my boys because I thought that's just how it was. But I remember I bought her <coughs> diamond earrings for the first time ever. Like, I saved, saved, and I saved, and I saved. So that Christmas, I mean, I've been able to get her a lot of things, but I only got her one thing that I thought she'd, she'd like. So I remember when I did that for her birthday, and I'd 
you know, I bought a bracelet with her name on it for, uh, no, sorry, I bought the earrings for Christmas, I bought a bracelet with her name on it for her birthday. Do you know what I mean? Just stuff that I thought, you know, things that would mean something. Because I couldn't buy all the other fancy stuff, but I could listen to the things that she wanted and, like, make a mental wish list and then save up and, and get them for her. So I did, you know, I did what I could do to make things feel special. I didn't know later on down the line she was going to be the reason why my heart would break. <clears throat> but she eventually broke my heart. You know, she got with somebody else. Um, you know, I'd got into a fight and I, because of her prior to that and um, defending her honour. I got kicked out of college. Um, so I ended up in a different college. And it was in that college that I realised that she was running game on me because she'd got with another guy who'd become my friend. And I didn't even know until a specific morning when he used my phone to ring. Her, and her name came up and then I realised that he was... Those two were, you know, dating and they'd been dating around the same time me and I were dating. So she, she it's safe to say she obliterated my heart. And again, as you do, the thoughts and everything comes back. You know you're not good enough, you know you're not that bright. You should have you should have questioned it from the get-go. Like, why would somebody so fly ask to get with someone like you? You don't have much. So safe to say, a player was born and I had, I just let him drive. I let the other guy drive. He drove for most of my other college life until I met somebody who quieted down the darkness and brought the light to the surface. But again, being so super fly, I started to question, why is she here? You're so smart, you're that hot. Why are you talking to me for? And you know, the past snuck up on me and I was just like, I'm not playing this game. So I walked away from the situation like I don't deserve good things like this. Because the last time something good came along, it ruined me. I don't want to go there again. So I walked away from it. And then I spent most of my life being a player. Um, I was just doing my thing. Funny thing about life is... <clears throat> who you really are you can never escape or run from and I was trying to run away from who I really was um, and not accepting who I really am which is I'm a nice guy I can't help it I'm thoughtful I'm considerate I'm loyal I care I'm observant I pay attention I pursue I work hard for what I want so this person was is like you can't run away from it and um, I'd gone through some traumatising things I've had one of my, the one guy who believed in me and he said I could be anything I wanted to be and he used to pick me first for all kinds of teams in, when I was in high school, in college, he'd always, and he was the most popular guy in school and college, and, and yeah, college and even in uni and in life. I mean, he played for, Charl he got recruited to play for Charl Charlton football team at such an early age. He believed in me. And I, he noticed me. So when he died, it hurt me a lot, it, you know. So he died. Then there was a specific uncle of mine who, again, he didn't have to. He saw potential in me. He helped me get to uni. Like, he sat down and he was patient with me. I, you know, I practically lived in his house. He studied with me every night. He sat beside me and was like, you can do this. You're smart enough. You can do this. You're, you're smart enough. You can do this. 
like you're the most polite person, responsible person I know. You're caring. You can do this. He got me into. He asked me what uni I wanted to go to, what course I wanted, and he sat there with me and he helped me push myself to get there. So when he died, another piece of me went away. So I began to feel like maybe I don't deserve to be great because the people that are sending me, the help that I'm getting from the people who spend time with me are disappearing in a way that I can never physically get them back. So I've had, a, you know, so I've had trauma like that happen in my life. I've, I've, I've witnessed, you know, my baby brother, such a strong guy. My baby brother, such a strong guy. You know, he fell out of our bedroom window one time and, you know, we thought he was going to die. But he pulled through. Um, I learned from a young age to compartmentalise my emotions and my feelings. So I tend to feel lifeless. I tend to look lifeless and look emotionless. Like, I can put on emotion very well. But to experience it and process it always been the, the back of my mind. Because I either love too hard or I don't love enough, apparently. I'm very, very all in or I'm not at all. So, again, when it comes from being younger, there's no such thing as all these emotions, just get up and handle your business. So, in college, I was a play- in uni, I was a player, big boy player. I ran game, I didn't give a shit, you know, I always ran game, I did my thing, um, I was dancing for big names, for big people, um, I, I let this flamboyant, over the top guy run the show, this guy exuberated confidence like you wouldn't believe, um, I was a big boy as well, I wasn't in shape because I didn't go gym much anymore, I was dancing, so I was fit, but you know, I had I guess then, something about me. Until again, somebody walked into my life, and made and brought back a guy that I forgot existed. And because I know what I like and what I want, I don't really like to settle for a second version or an alternative. I just want to go for that one. And you know, she walked into my life when I was in uni um, and I thought yeah it was going to be the one I found peace again and all the upset and turmoil that was inside me had um, begun to settle and be quiet but me fooling myself again she bailed on me because apparently I was too nice and I was too good and she just thought something bad would happen so she just basically broke my heart and walked off so I got to a point where I thought maybe I don't deserve to be happy maybe pain and darkness is what's going to be my thing so just accept it and run with it and I'd be doing that for a very long time won't let people get too close to me because I don't want them to feel like they have to run away. So let me protect you by keeping you in your starting block so you don't have to run away because you can just walk off the track. 
and I'd lived up with for a very long time. But God, the universe, forcing the fact that they have different plans for me. You know, I've spent the best part of my adult life now watching and helping people grow, get to where they need to go and find a happy ending. And I just, I keep doing what I do, which is I walk in darkness, I walk in conflict, I walk in pain, but you know, I put a smile on my face and I make jokes. So fast forward to when I got married, my adult life, I've done uni. I've met somebody in uni, which is how I wanted it to be. I thought she was the one. I thought she was gonna be my happy ending. But now, as I'm older, I realized, no, because I didn't experience any of the feelings. I wanted that Walt Disney feeling, you know, that butterflies. I wanted to experience butterflies. I wanted to experience all those things, and I didn't. And I found myself being unfaithful at points. I found myself being angry. I found myself changing. And even up to when my children were born, I didn't experience any form of joy or positivity. It was like business as usual. And I used to be a happy, fun girl guy, lucky, happy, um, you know, funny guy. Chill, don't take anything too seriously. I'd done a complete 180 and became the most serious business, emotionless guy ever. And I don't want to go into the details about my marriage, whether it was good or bad, because I don't think it's right to do that. But I just say that it was something that shouldn't have happened, but I forced it to happen because I believe in making the impossible possible and trying to prove to people that, no, it can be done because I deserve good things and good things are supposed to happen to me, right? But it didn't end very well, and I changed. I changed so much. I remember looking in the mirror one day and not recognizing who I am. And my brother's telling me, we don't know who you are. And my mom's saying, I don't recognize you. And friends who have not seen me in a long time were saying, you ain't the same guy. You know, and my daughter touching my face and saying, daddy, you're never happy. And I made the decision of walking away. And I never walk away from anything. I don't quit. I push, I push, I push, I push, I push, I push. So on this situation, I said, I'm out. But I'm very, very much, if I make a decision, then I'll stick with it. And you can't change my mind. Unless I change my mind. Now, I've had a rough few years from, from being a kid up to the point of you know my marriage ending and um, the things that happened in and out of my marriage before it ended I thought I'd, I'd had it rough you know but everybody has it rough so whatever right just man up and handle your business after I split it's now over five years ago what happened after that I didn't think I'd be here still. <clears throat> hey guys. So, uh, yeah. Man, it's raining. It's raining. Don't you find it funny sometimes how...
the weather or your music playlist or certain things tend to reflect how you're feeling without you realizing it. I guess the rain coming down is it's me letting out how I'm feeling so I can wash everything away and start everything brand new, right? So anyway, um, for those of you who are still listening, once again, I appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. <clears throat> I said it was going to be a long one today, but I think it, it's needed to happen. I think I need to just get things out. Um, so after I split from my ex, I lost... I've had about five jobs, five, no, about eight jobs. Because everywhere I got positioned in, it just didn't work out. I was almost homeless about three, four, five times I was almost homeless. Moved from house to house. Um, Had my heart broken. Uh, Everybody I met walked out of me, everybody. And I mean every single person I met at a point walked out I either did the things that I didn't like on purpose or just wouldn't listen. Uh, <clears throat> I've worked in the adult industry to make money because I had to eat. I tried to live like things that were going on weren't hurting me or bothering me. Um, <clears throat> suicidal thoughts came in and out of my mind so much. Depression and anxiety kicked in. I've made some amazing friends with some amazing people, but still felt so alone. Um, I've been walking this dark, lonely path for so long. I found a love attraction and a secret to help me build up. I've had people betray me, stab me in the back. Every time I thought things were getting, you know, going in a positive direction, something would turn around and fall apart. You know, there was a time when I didn't even know how I was going to get £1,500 to pay my rent because I was behind three months because I got into a job and then as soon as I thought things were going okay, I'd lose it. So I've cried. I've said I want to give up and then for some reason... The universe will tell me, no, you can't give up. There's something better coming at the end of all of this. You know, I've had people walk into my life unexpected, give it all the talk like it's going to happen. I've let my guard down and then I've just been, what's the term they use, mugged off. Um, I think that really bothers me the most, most times because I've always been the kind of guy where I don't care about money. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care if you drive. I don't I don't care about the, the material things. I really don't give a shit. If you're genuine and you have a big heart and you choose to make time to speak to me like I choose to want to make time to speak to you, that's all I need. Choose to want to make time to see me like I choose to make time to want to see you. That's all I need. Like, I don't really care about other things. Um... I'm a very, very spiritual guy. I've I've spent the best part of five years, whether I wanted to or not, to rediscover who I am, to embrace who I am, to embrace what I like, to not be scared 
to say what I want or how I feel. And those two are the biggest struggles. Um, to say no. To feel like I'm worth it. To say it and not feel big-headed or vain. You know, a lot of people see me now and they see the boxing that I've done, the cycling events that I've done for charity, the, um, the posts that I post up on social media, um, the journey, the bodybuilding that I've been on, um, the podcasts that I do, the fact that I'm a single dad and I look out for my kids and I, as best as I can, and that journey on its own was awful. Because when you get called nothing but a sperm donor, or when you get told you're not a good dad because for the last few years you've not financially been able to afford anything. Talk less of being able to drop money. When once upon a time you were up there being able to give £400, £500 a month and not even bother. Think about it and now you can't even, you struggle sometimes to get dog food in the house for example. Or you got to think about when your kids are coming that weekend, have you got the food that they like so they don't feel like they're missing out because mum's house might be better. When you're, when you're there worrying about what have you got to do to hustle just to get 10 quid in that week so that your kids don't feel like they're hungry or missing out or eating the same stuff over again. Like, I don't mind suffering myself, but I can't let somebody else around me suffer when I know I can do just a little bit. Somebody came to visit, somebody, I, went, I had a date one time, I think it was a few months ago, and came to my place for the first time, and they said, oh, you've got a really nice house. And I smiled, I said, thanks. They had no idea that it took five years to buy a specific ornament to put in the right place to make the house look nice to buy candles because I like candles but a few here and there so my house smells nice so it doesn't smell of wet dog because I have a dog they didn't know that all I did was remodel and put things around in a different position to try and make my house feel like it's got balance so the inside of me can feel balanced I had no idea that the TV that I got was a TV that one of my good friends borrowed me and all I did was just keep it in good condition so it looks brand new Having no idea it was HD. I remember when I was seeing somebody and because she's so used to watching TV in her house and in my house I don't watch TV. So I remember getting stuff like Netflix so that she could feel comfortable when she came to mine. It did feel like uh, she'd rather stay at hers. I remember looking for an aerial in my house, realizing that I had Freeview and all this time she could have watched normal TV, but I did that. So that when she came, she was like, oh, you've got normal TV. I'm like, yeah, I was looking for an aerial because I thought I must have Freeview in this house because I didn't want you to feel like you're not comfortable here. It took me five years to be able to do that. It took me five years to do the simplest, littlest things just to feel normal, just to feel comfortable. So people see what's going on on the outside and they had no idea the internal conflict, the anxiety, crying every other day, thinking, am I good enough? Working in the adult industry, doing things I didn't think I'd do in order to get to a specific place or to be at a specific position and not even to be all rich, because I ain't rich. My house is a very lovely house. I'm very, very fortunate in the area that I live in 
you know, I walked into this place in April um, last year and uh, it had fitted wardrobes. Never had something like that before. Um, we had a nice looking fireplace. It doesn't work, but it looks nice. It was my own space that I could walk around and feel natural in. It took me five years to make it feel somewhat homely. I dated different people, looked at their house and asked them, what do I need to do so I can feel the way you feel in your place? So I could feel like I have balance, feel comfortable, feel in sync. Being in sync is one of the most important things that I strive for, to feel like I'm in sync. feel at peace um, people don't know when I've had to sell my properties in different places just so I could generate a bit of cash to help my family to help others I mean I've had some nice people who've turned up and they stuck their neck out for me and forced themselves to be there for me because I am so fucking stubborn and so fucking hard to love because I make it difficult because I don't want to be destroyed again but they still hung around which I'm always grateful for and I appreciate you guys for that but they don't know they only know what I let them see <clears throat> but yeah who I really am is always fighting to come back to the surface all the time you're a nice guy Rich you're just a good guy yeah, you can do bad boy things and you can be a bad boy, but you're, you're nice, you care. Like, I'm observant. That's what I do, I pay attention. You change your hair today. You've done your eyebrows. What's wrong? You're not smiling like you normally do. Like, you're smiling, but behind your eyes, I can see more. I pay, I'm thoughtful. I pick up little things that I know you like and just drop it down for you because I want to show you that you're in my mind. You know, um, I still hold doors, pull out chairs. I listen, I'll talk. You know, if you're having a bad day, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'm, I'm that phone, I'm the person you can call at two o'clock in the morning and I'll listen. Yeah, I know I've got work in an hour or two hours, but I'll listen, you know? You know, you see a lot of things out here, you're too much of a nice guy. Um, you know, act like you're busy so that they can miss you. Um, don't message too often so that they don't feel like, because they, they, they don't want to feel like a party. You know, all these different things that conflict who I am. But what do we do as people? We go out there and we try to change who we are because we think that's what everybody wants, but can't change who you are. And I've learned over the last five years that the way that I am, so few people can handle it. Few people are afraid of it. Few people want it. Like some people like us were, were good ideas until you physically experience it. And then when you, when you come across it, you know, people run. That's what they do, they run. I know, because I'd be running for myself for ages. I stopped the other day and myself caught up with me. And instead of me folding my arms, I just opened my arms to hug and then absorb who I was. And I know that when I want a specific result and I don't get it, it upsets me and it bothers me. 
and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm 35 now, and I'm still looking for that Disney type of love thing, and still um, purposely putting myself out there to either get hurt or get high fived. I'm still doing it. Maybe because I can take the pain more than I thought I could. You know, I'm still dark. I still got some dark habits. I could still be, what's the words that my friends say? Fuckery and ice cold. I can switch it on just like that. And I'm still very, very much, if, I, if I'm fed up or if you're taking a piss, I'll ghost you like you're invisible. I'm still the same. While I'm paying attention to you and talking to you, take note, because when I stop, no one can change my mind. <clears throat> I am, I don't know how I'm doing it. I'm still making things happen that I wouldn't believe could happen. I'm still putting myself out there for other people and lifting them up to, re to show them what they've got around them and what they can do. I'm still having a couple of my friends who can penetrate my stubborn exterior. You know, they, they, they manage to come out there and remind me in case I forget, because sometimes I do forget what I've done. <clears throat> I do forget the achievements I have. I look at my medals that I've got and I forget how I got there. I look at the short stories that I write, because I write short stories. Yeah, some people can call it distasteful. Some people can call it smart, whatever. But the thing is, once upon a time, I didn't think I could write. But then I forgot that I'm an artist. I can draw, I can sing, I write poetry, I write stories. I'm a very expressive creature. It's taken me a while to remember all that. And it's taken me even longer to accept it. And the work I'm going through now is to embrace it. And then know how to use it when I want it and not as a reflex. I'm still a safe safety deposit box for other people's emotions and feelings. I'm not going to stop doing that. It's who I am. It's what I do. I'm still going to love hard. I'm still going to take it hard if I get rejected. I'm still going to be stubborn and pursue what I want until the universe or God tells me otherwise. And I think even if he told me otherwise, I'd still go against him because I've done it before. I'm still going to talk about how I think or feel. I'm still going to do random podcasts about random shit. I'm still going to have weird metaphors to explain stuff. Last five years of being just an eye-opener. I've been bailed on, I've been broken, I've been spat on, I've been dumped on, I've been um, laughed at, I've been mocked, I've been abandoned, I've had a lot of shit. Same time I started a decent job in January, in, in April, I managed to help my parents move into a better house. I managed to buy a wireless speaker and um, a nice ornament for my house and candles, which I try to make a point to buy every month when I get paid. I managed to have more than one box of cereal in my house for my children and food in the freezer for them when they come instead of me rushing out the weekend that they come and dragging them all over the place. Studying a personal training course, 
in the job that I've worked in, I've done the job that I currently worked in, I've managed to turn the right kind of heads and get myself known for the right reasons. I finally not become office gossip. You know, I, I, I can process my feelings and write them down. I have managed to get on the road to personal development. I have been approached by different sports companies to be ambassadors and I've said yes or no. Because I don't care about the money. I care about helping people achieve something that they didn't think they could achieve. I care about making the impossible possible. I have attracted some amazing looking people, some amazing mentor-like people, and I've also been kicked to the curb by the same people. I've escaped suicide how many times? And I'm still here. I'm not ashamed to say it on the air. It is what it is. I've talked myself back from the brink of insanity, the bad kind. Um, I've talked myself back from depression, talked myself back. I've had people encourage and say, you're going to be okay, but you know, if you're not in it, you can't really tell somebody. But I've talked myself back. I've managed to 360 or 180 situations of thoughts and feelings in my life to bring me back to where I am. I mean, you guys can bear witness. You you know, there's a period where you heard me do podcasts all the time and you would have probably called me the most motivational person ever. I mean, that was one of the messages I got I received last year. Well done for being the most motivational and inspirational person I've known of 2017 at the time. 2017 or 2018, whatever. But at the same time, you guys have also seen that I've just been elusive and a ghost. And then when I have appeared, the messages have not been positive and upbeat like normal. So yeah, I've been up and down and I have no idea what's going to happen next year, but I've written my goals down for next year. Who I want in my life, who I want as my partner, what I want to be financially, what I want to be um, professionally. I've written dates to them. I'm throwing it to the universe. You know, I used to hear this phrase, throw a caution to the wind. And um, I don't throw caution to the wind. I throw requests up to the universe. And I'm believing that the universe is going to grant it because why give you thoughts and ideas and things in your head if it's not for you to possess? Uh, what did I get? I got described once as you're somebody who grows on somebody. You know, like, you can't shake that person, so you just grow on them and you wear... And I laugh and I say, you mean I wear you down until you've got no until you've got no choice. I'm going to wear the universe down until it has no choice but to give me what I want. Because dreams, visions and ideas are given to you because it's for you to bring it to life. So when people are coming into my mind or walking into my life, or situations or ideas are presenting itself, I'm going to throw it to the universe and I'm going to wear down the universe until I get it. Because if there's one thing I do know now at 35 is I get what I want when I want it. My uh, um, Two people, strangers, walked up to me one day and they said to me, your vision is different, your future is very different to everybody else's. Because whatever you say that you want and your heart and your mind is on it together in sync, then you're going to get it.
and although I do personal development and I'm always working on myself and love yourself and blah 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 I'm very very aware of the things that I want and don't want and when people try to talk me down or talk me around and say you know maybe if you do this then this will come you know I'm a very very no you don't understand I don't need to do all that because I've, I'm doing that but I know this is what I want or this is who I want or this is where I want to be or this is where I want it so I know whatever I want I'm going to get because I want it and I will wear down the universe or whatever I need to wear down to just shut me up by giving me what I want because I don't spoil the things that I have and I don't misuse the things that I have so if I want it I know I'm going to take care of it so next year I have no idea how it's going to pop but I do know what I want in that year and I do know I'll get it so whoever you are I'm coming for you whatever it is I'm coming for it um, whatever, I'm work, whatever I want to make happen I'm working towards it but I've made my intentions very very clear to the universe and to all the things around me pertaining to what I want that I'm coming for it I suggest you guys do the same thing. Thanks for taking time out to listen to me talk. Um, if there's anything you guys take from it, great. If there's nothing you take from it and you think it's just going on, great. I really don't care. Um, like I always say, live your life one step on your at a time. Be happy. If there's anything you can do or take from this, is be you to the best of your ability. Do not ignore the signs that are around you. Your heart calls out to the universe more than your conscious mind does. And the universe answers. It really does answer. But the only advice I can give you, if you are listening, if something comes your way, it didn't come your way by chance. And it didn't come your way for you to just overlook it because you're not ready right now the, the universe doesn't always answer you when you're ready some things are sent to you to get you ready some people come your way because now is the right time not because it's the, not your right time but now is the right time and it's okay to be scared it's okay to be nervous and it's okay to be a feel a bit weary but it's not okay to allow opportunities to pass you by because you're con- you don't think you're consciously ready or because you have things that need to be done and now's not the time. Things, objects, opportunities, people knock on the door very rarely three or four times in the same period. So when it comes, do what I'm doing, run with it, run with it. You know, one of the reasons why I wouldn't date back in the day was because I felt like my house wasn't good enough or I don't have specific things or because I don't drive or because I'm not earning 25 plus K. So I don't want her to see me if I'm struggling to buy milk this week and I don't want her to feel like she has to bail me out or because I walk to work. I'm just using dating as an example. I'm not saying that's all I ever think about, but I'm just giving it an example because it's one of the easiest things to 
tie everything into and relate to. But I thought I'm not at a specific stage. I listened to a, a, a podcast and it was like, so I said, I'll give it five years and then maybe. But then I realised it's five years. One or two things have improved. Am I going to have to wait another, another five years for three or four things to improve? So that's 35, then I'll be 40. So should I wait till 45 before I start meeting somebody? What if I drop dead before then? What if I lose everything? What if I don't get that promotion? What if I don't get that car? What if I don't get that house? So now I don't have anything. What am I actually waiting for? Do you know? So when something comes along, it's there because you've asked for it subconsciously. So take it. Run with it. Everything else that you're not feeling yet or thoughts or, or whatever, it will fall into place because that's if that's the right thing for you, it will all fall into place. But if you just leave it, ignore it and focus on other things, you're going to miss everything. You know that whole saying, is it, shoot, aim for the moon and then if you miss your land amongst the stars or whatever. There's nothing wrong with landing amongst the stars. Stars are just as beautiful. So, don't wait. Just grab it. Because if you don't, somebody else will. It's the thing about opportunity, or people, or things that come into your life. It comes into your life for you. But if you don't pay attention, somebody else will take it. Because they'll be like, oh, well, he doesn't want it, or she doesn't want it, so... I, I need this. Like I just happen to I won't gonna go down this road. I just I just happen to be going down this road because that road's blocked and it's led me to this, so I'm gonna take it if you don't take it. So do you want it or not? As you can tell I'm more awake now, so the bass of my voice has calmed down a bit. But I'm also more passionate about what I'm talking about because I see so many people around me who who get opportunities at love or money or opportunities or places to go and they fucking misuse it like I watch them misuse it like I, I watch them fuck it up and I'm like I'm struggling here for certain things and you're there fucking your own shit up so if something comes my way I'm gonna fucking jump on it part of my language but I'm gonna jump on it and I'm gonna take care of it and I'm gonna hold it down and I'm going to appreciate it because it's hard to get an opportunity to be something or to be somewhere or to have someone who likes you or wants you for you. It's hard for some people to come across it. So, and they want it so badly within their spirit, within their heart, within their soul, within their mind. Like that's all they live and breathe and think about. So when it comes along, we're going we're gonna to take it. We're going to show that we deserve it because we do deserve it. Because we deserve good things and good things are meant to happen to us. Because uh, the universe conspires in our favour to grant us our hearts' desires. And yes, there are some things we're going to have to work for. And there's some things that there's going to be a bit of grafting for. And there's some things that are going to cause a bit of pain. It's going to cause a lot of fear. It's going to cause a bit of anxiety. But it's worth it when we grab it or when it comes our way. But anyway, let me not go off into another message. You get the point. 
Take it easy. Have a great day. Enjoy your Christmas. Peace.